Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Julie R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, August 15th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are going to be on page 83 starting with the last paragraph if we are painstaking about this phase. We will be reading only six sentences ending with that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear and we will be commenting only on those six sentences. The remainder will be read on Wednesday. Today's readers are Lisa H., Allison L., Leslie M. The share ID for Monday, August 14th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 10,306. The 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 10,307. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Leslie M. to read the 12 steps. And that's star one to unmute Leslie. Uh, Leslie M, star one. Julie, I can do that. That's helpful. I'm here. I'm here. I had a little uh, technical difficulties getting on. Okay, great. This is Leslie M. Uh, Julie R, thank you so much for your service and the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, Humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Leslie M. I will now ask Sherry G. to read the 12 Traditions. And Sherry G, star one. Hmm. Star one to unmute. I can do that. This is Janice, if you need something. I can do that for you if you need to. This is Barbara. Go ahead, Janice. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Sherry G. I'm sorry. I was reading. I thought that um, you guys could hear me. Um, okay, okay, go ahead, Sherry. Thank you so much. Uh, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, our group purpose, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has the one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related, any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. 
Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 83, starting with the fourth paragraph. If we are painstaking about this phase, and we will be reading through six sentences, ending with that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Comments only on what was read. The remainder will be read on Wednesday. I will now ask Lisa H. to begin reading. Good morning. Thank you, Julie, for your service. This is Lisa H., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. And here we are in the beginning of the ninth step promises. Um, and I love the word painstaking um, because it, it, you know, the definition means to act with great care and attention. Um, and the other thing I remember is if I didn't, if I, if I wasn't painstaking um, about this work, I was going to pick up and I was going to go back to the food. I heard that on the line a lot. And so um, I was painstaking. And then, and, and then the next piece is we're amazed before we're halfway through. I was amazed um, when I was doing these ninth-step amends, and it stretched out over a period of time because some of them I had to wait and, and I wanted to do them in person. Um, and so by the time I got to this point, I had lost weight like I'd never lost weight before. Um, I had, um, I had actually started to begin thinking in a different way, um, and behaving in a different way. Um, you know, it goes on to say, we'll comprehend serenity, you know, serenity, I thought, um, which is, which is a peace of mind or a calmness. And then actually one of the definition is the absence of mental stress and anxiety. Um, and goodness, that's what I was after, um, I really was ready not to have the mental chatter going on anymore. And each time I made an amends, and there were plenty of them, and and as everyone shared, I did them in many different ways. I did many of them in person. I wrote letters. I made phone calls. um, And each time um, I made an amends, I felt this, you know, physical weight and, and mental and emotional weight fall away. Um, and, and, and as I progressed through that, I, I found that I really could, uh, my experience could help other people. Um, and that's, and hopefully that's what I continue, continue to do. Um, I'm so glad we're here and looking forward to hearing what everyone has to share. Thanks. I pass. 
Thank you, Lisa H. And who would like to share on the six sentences that were read? Tina S. Kim G. Tina S. Kim G. Craig. Sarah. I heard a Sarah something. G. Sarah G. Gotcha. Barbara G. Michael H. Barbara B. Barbara B. Judith R. Let's stop with Judith R. Oh, right. We have Tina S. followed by Kim G. Go ahead, Tina. Thanks so much, Julie. Tina S. Recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. And, you know, I'm just, one of those, it's interesting, but six simple sentences made my heart pound and my body shake, really, you know, because what a transformation. And uh, and it's nothing new. Every time I read these, I get that same feeling. Because when I came in the rooms, you know, they, they read the promises all the time. And I thought, oh, that's what I want. That's what I want. And I don't know that I necessarily wanted to do what they were doing, but I certainly wanted those promises. And, um, you know, and I like the, the share uh, who, who shared. That was just fabulous, you know, because, you know, the short version of painstaking after all the hard work is thoroughness. And, and about this phase of our development. And that means the process of the change that we're going, that we went through, you know, so the thoroughness of my change, you know, and I'm amazed before I'm halfway through, you know, and I like that it talks about we're, we're going to know a new freedom, you know, new for the first time, never experienced before, the release, you know, and that, that happened for me and a new happiness. You know, I don't know that I was ever really happy. No, I, if I was going to get something, I probably was excited about it. But I don't know about the real meaning of happiness, which I have today. And I certainly do not regret the past and wish to shut the door on it. And I always wanted to forget about what I did, you know. And it is, and it is an asset for me today, for sure, for sure. And um, you know, I'm just so grateful, and I want to hear what everybody else has to share. So thanks so much, and I pass. Thank you, Tina S. Kim G. Followed by Craig S. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim Jane. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, even when I didn't study the big book, just I knew these promises because every meeting I went to in Overeaters Anonymous, we always ended with the promises. And I have to tell you, you know, my experience is I didn't realize they were connected to the steps. I didn't realize they were ninth-step promises. I thought they were just promises if I went to meetings. So when I read, you know, we're going to have these before we're halfway through, well, I was told, it's just my experience, I was told the solution was go to 90 meetings in 90 days. So my impression was, okay, that means at day 45, because I'm halfway through, I should be feeling these promises. So let me tell you, just trying to be abstinent on meetings and being at day 45 without the steps, without a solution, I was more insane than ever. It didn't make any sense to me. I have to tell you, when I became a student of the big book, one of the things I kind of ask myself is, why are we so attached to these nine-step promises? Those 10-step promises where I get neutrality around the food, where I feel safe and protected, where I cease fighting anything, even the food, why aren't they read at the meetings? And I was given this perspective, and it made sense to me. You know, I used to be able to get these promises without doing the steps. How did I get these promises? I picked up. This is what the food did for me. That's why I ate. You see, because when I was restless and I was irritable and I was discontent and I couldn't, I was crawling out of my own skin and I would take those first few bites, I'd feel a new freedom and a new happiness. 
You know, when I was in a party and, and I was battling with my family members or something, and I would have a couple bites, I didn't regret the past or wish to shut the door on it. I knew everything. You know, when, when I was, when I was um, you know, in high school and feeling uncomfortable at a dance and didn't know how to talk to people socially, I would go to the buffet and I would have a couple bites and I would know a serenity and peace. And when I first came to Overeaters Anonymous and I was dying and I listened to all your problems, I would just have a binge and go to a meeting and suddenly, no matter how far down the scale I got, no matter how miserable I was, I knew exactly. My experience could benefit you. I never did a fourth step, but I'm going to tell you about a fourth step. I never did an amends, but I'm going to tell you about amends because the food gave me that false, false bravado. So my feeling is the reason I wanted these promises was because my disease progressed to the point that I could no longer get these promises with the food. So I wanted something else that would give me these promises. And let me tell you, as a recovered compulsive overeater, the only way I was ever able to get these promises, which I could no longer get in the food, was through the steps. And that was my only option as a compulsive overeater who progressed to the extent that I did. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Craig F., followed by Sarah G. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Great. Thank you. Um, this, uh, it seems just like the other day that we were back in the doctor's opinion and we did the bedevilments. And I, I, I want to read those real quick just because uh, they seem, it seems like a book ends uh, to the other the other end of the bookends for uh, this program. It says, we were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Was not a basic solution to these bedevilments more important than whether we should see newsreels of lunar flight? Of course it was. And and it, it just it's almost a one for one uh to to the promises and uh, uh you know that we've moved from we've moved from the bedevilments now uh to the state of recovery and uh and life has changed we've been open to change and life has changed and and it's just i when i have a sponsoree that is uh, uh struggling with uh the commitment to the program and doing the work. One of the things I suggest they do is read the bedevilments and then read the promises and ask which direction they're, they're uh, ask themselves which direction they want to move towards the bedevilments again or towards the promises. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig S. Sarah G. Followed by Michael H. This is Sarah G., anorexic, bulimic, compulsive reader uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I I love the promises. And um, the, the part about we will not regret the past and I wish to shut the door on it, oh, my gracious goodness, when I first came into the program, I definitely wanted to shut the door on all those crazy, uh, awful things that I did and said and um, I hated myself, and I, you know, I just didn't want anybody to know what I was like or um, what I had done. And what I have learned through the steps, working the steps, is that 
you know, to get any kind of recovery whatsoever, I have got to look at my past behavior. And I've got to make amends. And I've got to do everything in between, you know. And um, so that was just really, really awful and scary for me. Uh, But with the help of a a wonderful sponsor, uh, I was able to move through. And um, she was there by my side, uh, thank goodness, because I I surely couldn't have done this by myself. Uh, And then now as, um, you know, uh, now as as a person who's in recovery, I am so grateful that I have um, attitude of gratitude and I'm able to look at my past and say, okay, so these are the things I did, but these are the things I can share too so that I can connect with my sponsorees, so I can connect with people in in the meetings, uh, so I can say, okay, this is the way I was. Sometimes I go back to those those, things you know, awful ways of being just because I'm not connected. So I know that I need the, the daily connection to a higher power. And, um, and that's, again, that's what that pro- the program has brought to me is that daily connection, uh, knowing that um, I am, you know, uh, uplifted by a higher power. And I do an 11th step in the evening looking at my day and seeing what I need to change. And I am so grateful for the, you know, aspects of this program that have helped me to do that. For the most part, I am very serene and happy um, and content. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sarah G. Michael H., followed by Barbara B. Good morning, Vision. May I be heard? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. This is Michael H. calling in from the great state of Illinois. I'm grateful grateful this morning to be able to say the words that I'm compulsive overeater recovered by the grace of God in, in this program. And I don't do what I used to do with food today in my life. And I, and I don't do a lot of the other things that were were reckless and where I had no boundaries around many areas. As was read in the last few days, I was really the tornado. My disease was the tornado that was wrecking havoc through the lives of my loved ones for the past at least three decades. And I came to this program, as is always stated, I was given the, the gift of desperation, and I really was. I wasn't suicidal, but I believe I was close. I was done with life, done with life, and I'd been done with life several times before. And this time, this time was, was different. It says if we were painstaking about this phase of our de- development, we'll be amazed before we were halfway through, I was actually shocked. I was shocked before I was halfway through with, with my amends process. I I think I may have mixed up the instructions that I was given by my sponsor, maybe, maybe not. I don't know if everyone does it this way, but what I did was I uh, I set off to make the rights, make the wrongs or the rights of my wrongs. I set off to do my amends process all at once. 
I, I was under, under the, the impression that I had to do all my amends before I could move on to step 10, which turned out to be a wonderful thing for me. Um, I nearly did every day was doing amends, sometimes several a day, and I was not going to stop doing my amends until I was through. I was I was desperate. I knew what step 10 would bring, or I, I assumed I knew what step 10 would bring. So I was desperate to get through step nine. So even though I was working in the evenings, I was doing them. If I had time to do something on my lunch, I was doing them. On the weekends, I was very busy. And before I was halfway through, I was shocked at how free I was. For the first time in my life, I had a glimpse, just a glimpse of happy, joyous, and free. And I could stand tall and look the world in the eye and say, okay, I, I, can, I can live now. I can actually, I didn't know how to do it. But I felt like I could start living for the first time. And uh, I don't think it's an accident. You know, it's a miracle. At the same time, it's not an accident. If we work these steps, uh, these things will happen. It says that our, our feeling of uselessness and pity will disappear. Okay. Um, for the first time in my life, I've experienced that. And with that, I will keep coming back. Thank you. Thank you, Michael H. Barbara B., followed by Judith R., Thank you. This is Barbara B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. And I love looking at the promises, and it takes me back always to the beginning when I came to the program and heard the promises and thought, never. Maybe for everybody else in this room and in this fellowship, but it just can't happen for me because looking at my history, there was nothing that ever could just focus on that one promise we will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. There had been no way in my long life of trying to look at the past where the pain wasn't so great that I had to go and eat. Uh, it was the only way I knew to kill the pain, and that's what I had to do. I had to shut the door on it again, shut myself in with food and with the pain. And I can remember specifically uh, going to a food addiction specialist, and she said, I guarantee you, that if you come to this group, and it was a long drive to the group from my home at that time in North Jersey, um, and you deal with your mother problem and the past of it, you will not need or want to go back to eating. And there were 20 of us in the group. And I went to the group every Thursday, and I looked at the issues, and then I had to binge on the way home because I couldn't bear the pain of it. So... That promise didn't come true. However, as I said to my sponsor, that, that's just not going to come true for me. It never has, never will. And she was wise enough and experienced enough to say, you know, look at what it says, development, phase. Some people are whammed. They get socked with it right away. Look at what the words say. And so the slow movement, steady movement for me through the steps and the amends and the inventories, indeed, brought that promise and continues to bring it as long as I continue to live in the steps. Thank God for that way. Um, and I pass. Thank you very much, Barbara B. And Judith R., you're next. Thank you. Good morning, Vision. This is Judith R., recovered in Vermont. Um, I, like many, um, I've been in for 38 years and been recovered for one or two. and. I thought for since you know since I heard the 
promises probably at the first meeting or the second meeting I was ever at, I thought that it that the promises came through the minute you walked through the door of OA. And for years, I was like, why isn't that one about knowing what to do when I don't know what to do? Why is that not happening? And maybe, maybe after 20 or 30 years, somebody pointed out that it, it, they were the ninth step promises, and I was amazed. I had no idea. Then when I got to step nine for the second or third time in my 38 years, my sponsor told me, as soon as I did my first amend, she said, okay, you're, you're, you're recovered. And there went my motivation to keep doing the thing I feared the most, which was to do the amends. And so I took a long time to do the amends. So I've only had the promises, and they're beginning. They're inching their way to becoming true, and I am very thrilled. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Judith R. And who would like to share on these six sentences that were read on the page on the bottom of page eighty-three? Matt M. Jackie B. Barbara E. Before Barbara E. There was Jackie Larry. Okay, hold on. After Matt M, there was three people, and I couldn't understand any of them. Lisa B. Lisa B. Harlan G. Jackie B. Okay, hold on. Reva P. Harlan G. Martha Z. Martha Z. Jackie B. Jackie B. Okay, let's, um, and I did hear Larry K. So let's stop with this group. Matt M., followed by Lisa B. Thank you, Julie, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Pat Ancompulsive Reader from New Jersey. The Ninth Step Promises, this is a very powerful um, paragraph in the book. Um, I haven't gotten recovered yet, but I'm working on it with a sponsor right now, and um, I'm, already starting, I'm already starting seeing changes in my life. I'm becoming more honest. I'm doing what I can with my friends and family, being more open with them, being on, trying to be honest with them because I'm a liar by nature and my nature is to be, to be deceptive and, and, to be, and to be deceitful. And just for today, I'm doing the best I can with being honest with them and, and telling them what I, believe, what, I, what I believe is the truth because I need to, I, if I'm going to keep friends, I can't be a liar and a cheat, you know, because people don't like that. And I know I wouldn't want to be around people who are deceitful, a liar and a cheat or a thief. And um, so, I'm, 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 no matter how far down the scale we have gone, even though I have gone down the scale pretty big and much as far as weight is concerned, I still have a long way to go. I have a lot of character defects that are coming up, and I'm sure hopefully eventually God will take care of them for me. But right now, I have to take each day as it comes, take my luck as it comes, and fit myself to it, take each day as it comes as well, and just move with the flow. And that's what I'm trying to do. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Um... Lisa B. followed by Reva P. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And when I look at these, um, the beginning part of these Step 9 promises, I really need to see as my Step 1 experience speaking to me. Um, step 1 is going to speak to me through all of the steps. And the more clear I am on the hopeless, the true hopelessness of this illness that I have, 
um, it won't feel like such an effort to move forward in the steps. And I'm told, and there is a solution, that there's no middle of the road. There is no middle of the road solution for those of us that are of the um, hopeless variety, and that there's two alternatives. It's either die an alcoholic death um, or pick up the spiritual toolkit laid at my feet. And this is really where the rubber begins to meet the road. And, you know, for me, I found it so vital to make that first approach in the amend process so I could then begin actively doing my 10 steps and not live with the discomfort of, um, you know, the fear and the... um, selfishness that starts to come out of me. And that's the thing with the self-pity and the useless, the feelings of uselessness and self-pity. I don't always know the depths of this selfishness and how deep and pervasive it is in me. Every day, you know, I begin to see more and more of how it just has such deep roots in me, um, that self-seeking and that dishonesty. And I need those step tens when I'm doing my ninth steps. I really do. Um, But for me, that step one experience, really getting that this is something that I need to do, that it is life and death, that's going to carry me through all of the steps. And I need to work through them with a sense of urgency and not um, rest on my laurels. When I heard these nine-step promises, I just did not think it was possible. But you see, I don't know what I don't know. I had a sick mind trying to tell me, you know, my whole life, what's real and what's not real. I can't tell the real from the false when I'm not recovered. I'm not able to see that because I'm blocked off. And this is the step that is beginning to have that spiritual surgery effect on me. So I just wanted to share that, that getting a real clear understanding of my step one experience. If I'm lingering and not moving forward, I don't have a clear understanding of step one. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Reva P. followed by Harlan G. Good morning. It's Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. I wanted to share on the line, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. For me, this has turned out to be 180 degrees opposite of what I thought it meant when I first came into program because my idea of freedom and happiness was, first of all, eating whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, um, and hopefully not having any consequences. And, you know, if I didn't look at myself from the neck down, hey, there was no consequence. Um, That was my thinking. And then a new freedom and a new happiness was, if I just work the steps, I'm going to get my Santa Claus list and I'm going to get everything I want and people are going to do what I want and life is going to turn out great because, hey, I am, you know, spiritual now. Um, And that didn't happen. And what I have learned, and you know the word know, to know a new freedom and a new happiness, um, not an intellectual knowing, not a theory knowing because I read the book, um, but knowing from experience. And to know that freedom and happiness by doing the work, because I believe when it says, if we are painstaking, which means it means only, I only get them if I do the work. Um, It's a condition. What that new freedom and new happiness has turned out to be is by getting out of myself, by not getting my wish list that I give to God and hope that he will just give it to me on demand because I'm a good girl doing the steps. Um, By giving to others, by letting go of outcomes, 
I'm happier. And the freedom is uh, so different than what I expected. It's when things don't go my way, when life doesn't give me what I had on my wish list, and I can still be peaceful and at ease and not rip anybody's head off like the tornado, that is freedom. So I am okay no matter what happens in the external world, no matter what people do or don't do. That is something I never knew ever, ever before I came into this program. And I only get that if I do the work. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Harlan G., followed by Martha Z. Thank you, Julie. This is Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I also want to thank Team Tuesday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I lived a life apart from everyone else. I lived a life that was shuttered in thoughts of eating, thoughts of not eating. All I ever wanted to be was thin, but all I ever wanted to do was eat. And the more I ate, the more pain came into my life and the more imprisonment that this disease threw me into, the more I ate. But there's something here that I need to remember. And what I need to remember is the word painstaking. Because I came in here and I wanted to, like was mentioned before by a lot of people, I wanted a guarantee that things would go my way and everything. Now that I've done the right things instead of the wrong things, uh, everything would be groovy. Everything would be fantastic. Everybody my whole life told me, if you just lose weight, everything will be okay. And you know what? I lost a lot of weight. And no matter how evolved my recovery gets, I will never rise above the level of a human being. And as a human being, I'm going to have to remember this word here in the first sentence that was read, painstaking. I have got to work the program, and I've got to work the program every day as if my hair was on fire. This program, these steps, are the only life I've ever had. They've given me the only life I've ever had. And when I eat chocolate turtles, I am amazed before I'm halfway through. And when I eat Kit Kat bars, I do know a new freedom and a new happiness, and I don't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. But that's momentary, and it carries with it death-defying side effects. But when I work these steps, I trade a moment of orgasmic pleasure for a lifetime of deep-seated freedom and happiness and an absolute sense that everything will be in God's world, and when it's in God's world, everything will be as it's supposed to be. I never said everything will be the way I want it. I said it will be the way it's supposed to be. God will have the last word, and it will be good. So I've got to keep working these steps. I'm going to close with this. We see these promises. I get enticed by these promises. They're fantastic. Every one of them has come true in my life. But I've got to remember, this is not a program for people who need it. This is not a program for people who want it. This is a program for people who do it. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. 
Martha Z. followed by Jackie B. Good morning, my friends in recovery. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Um, When I first saw these promises, I could not even think that they could ever come true. I I couldn't imagine it. But I laugh because the way I interpreted we'll be amazed before we're halfway through was um, there's 12 steps. Um, when I'm finished step six, I'll be amazed. That's that's how I thought of it. So anyway, so I was very happy when I started studying the big book to really understand what that really meant. So uh, the first one, we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. So the freedom part is freedom from freedom from shame and regret and frustration, the four horsemen, um, freedom to, to actually be present in my life and be there for other people and care about other people, freedom to, to be who I was meant to be. And um, my favorite promise, we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it, um, I'm so grateful today. I love the part on page 124 where it says, cling to the thought that the dark past is the greatest possession we have, the key to, to, let's see, the key to um, life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert death and misery for them. And that, uh, yes, I mean, wow, I can actually say this is what I used to be like, and I no longer do that. I have. I, I love the way Kim said. I mean, I, I totally agree with the ten-step promises. Wow, I want that. I want to recoil, and I want to be neutral, you know. But anyway, um, that I can share the way I used to be, and I can say, you know, it is. It is because of my willingness, but the grace of God that this has happened for me, and I love that. Um, let's see. So we will not regret the past. No wish to shut the door on it. Okay. Um, we will comprehend the word serenity and we'll know peace. Wow. You know, like, that's really what I want today. I think before I just wanted to be happy. And today I just want to be at peace with everyone. I want to accept life on life's terms. I want to surrender to what is. And, and I am peaceful and serene most of the time, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, no matter how far down the scale we've gone, we'll see how our experience can benefit others. That's, a, that's you know, I think totally connected with the other one about not regretting the past. Like, we can be uniquely useful. We can say, you know, I've been here. I know exactly what you're talking about. And other people can respond to that because they they know that we know. And um, and connected with that, that feeling of uselessness and pity will disappear. Okay. Uh, that's all I got. Thanks. Thank you, Martha Z. Jackie B., followed by Larry K. Hi. Heard? Um, it was kind of choppy. Let's see how it goes. Oh, okay. Let me take it off. Can you hear? Can you hear me? Yes. 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 Okay. Hi, I'm Jackie B. I'm a recovered uh, compulsive overeater from the Bronx. <clears throat> Thank you, everybody, for your service. Thank you, everyone who shared, um, and all who will share. Um, the ninth step promises. You know, I had it memorized. I even 
so let it let a meeting that was on just the ninth step. But today, the ninth step means for me that I no longer have to be miserable or full of fear, fear and anxiety, and you know, assuming what other people will assume about me um, is gone, is lifted. You know, um, my greatest, my last three greatest uh, amends is I thought I could never do or do it properly, and I have. And because I did that, I know now that no matter what comes up, I can say I'm sorry, but really mean it, or I can change, or I can ask my higher power, you know what, that character defect is coming up. I need your help. Um, Because I don't want to run to the food anymore. It doesn't mean that I don't see the food, I don't hear the food, I don't smell the food. It just means I don't want it today. I don't want the effect it gives me. I want to run to recovery. I want to run to my prayers and meditation. I want to run to another propulsive overeater and tell that and tell them how I feel so I don't have to go and use a tootsie roll to explain how I feel. Um, and that's amazing. Today I go to any length, you know. I make sure my food is in property. It doesn't matter, like, for example, I was talking to my sponsee, and, you know, wherever I go, I don't fit my compulsive overeating into that event. What I do is I secure that I am a compulsive overeater, do take the footwork, get my absence, have my food for me in case I need it, check with the place I'm going, and then what am I going to do before and after? Call another person, uh, reach out, do some service before I go to that event. Whatever it takes, I will do. And like Harlan said, I can't feel my laurels. I'm off today. But what did I do? Right away got into the meeting. You know, I don't, you know, I have to live and breathe these, uh, this recovery. Like somebody said, yesterday's shower does not keep me clean today. Yesterday's recovery does not keep me clean today. It's today's recovery that keeps me clean. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. And Larry Kay, you're next. Thanks, Julie. Um, Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. Can you hear me okay, Julie? Yes, I can. Okay, good, good, good. So um, what I wanted to share about about this particular, these promises, you know, I, some of us are short, some of us are tall, and we have different hair color and so forth. I was one of those people, I just had a good memory. I don't, I don't, I didn't practice to have a good memory. I just was one of those people that just was blessed with a good memory. And so I was able to memorize, we would read these promises and I'm like, boy, yeah, that sounds pretty good. And I and memorized it so that I could I could repeat it to myself or to anyone else. Maybe even 10 days into <clears throat> coming into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, I could recite the promises, the nine and 10 step promises. That that might have that might have given me the impression that I that I had it together. Wow, he, he knows the promise. No, it was just I had a good memory. I hadn't done the work. I want to tie it back to step two. I'll tell you why, because I don't know about you, but for me, 
step two <clears throat> kept me stuck for a long while, and I didn't even know it. We came to believe <clears throat> that a power, we came, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. I thought I had that one covered because, and that I could proceed with the steps because maybe get to these promises because um, I, I already believed that there was a higher power and I could check that box. The problem is in reflection, reflecting back, you know, I don't believe that I thought, one, that I needed to be restored to sanity because I had a certain perception on who was insane and I was not among you. Or did I think, even though I had some problems, if we look at the bedevilment, look, I was married twice and divorced. Certainly my relationships were in shambles. Those bedevilments were true for me. But the truth of the matter is, did I, did I believe this power that it meant restoring me to sanity meant changing me in a way and bringing me into an alignment so that I was a different person, that I didn't think the way I used to think, that I didn't behave the way I used to behave. You know, I, I didn't believe that, and so I was stuck on step two, and yet I didn't know it. I, I believe with compassion and love there, there are probably plenty of people like me that will, are walking around and wondering why will these promises not come to fruition for me? And for me, you might want to take a look at step two. Not only did you have a belief, you may have had a belief since you went to church or temple, you know, from the time you were, could remember, three, four years old. But this, in this context, it's suggesting that this higher power, that we came to believe that this higher power can restore us to sanity. The, the reason why I say that is because if we don't believe that it's possible that that would happen, you won't see this practical program of action through in its entirety precisely as laid out in the big book. I didn't. And then you'll wonder why these promises don't come true. Today, you know, I can have a sustainable relationship. I can be counted. I'm, I'm predictable in a very good way, you know. Um, I can have peace and serenity. It's extraordinary what you can believe. When you believe enough in this higher power, extraordinary what's possible with that I'll pass thanks thank you Larry and we have time for maybe two short shares Vasa O Vasa R R, okay great so Vasa O um, and then Razar good morning everyone it's Vasa again grateful grateful recovered compulsive over Ida thank you for everybody's service this morning it's an awesome meeting And, uh, yeah, I heard the steps were laid out the way they were laid out for a reason. And I remember my sponsor would say to me, just go and listen and relax, you know. I was one of those people I could not relax. Going to meetings for me was like a gift. I could go and sit still and listen for an hour or an hour and a half years ago. The meetings last a long time because we used to take breaks. But anyways, um, I, um, I found a connection with a higher power, which I call God today, that I had never experienced before when I, stepped, when I did step one, two, and three, when I was ready and willing to surrender with the food. And for me, it was very, very gradual with my life and my will. I was ready. I was ready with the food, but my life and my will, I, didn't, I had 
trust issues. And that became very gradual healing for me. But again, no matter how restless or irritable I was, you know, I, for me, the first promise, the first gift was I could become abstinent. I mean, that was a miracle. I tried to achieve that for 25 years of my life. I couldn't. And and here, you know, I started drawing on God. I remember saying, God, please help me. And of course, you know, uh, the steps were given to me. The meetings were given to me. The people were given to me. They were gift from God to help me go through. And I remember when I listened to the promises, I was saying, is that possible for me? I said, well, it's possible. The first promise, which I got, was abstinence, you know. And uh, it gave me hope. And I remember thinking, well, if God is doing to me what I couldn't do to myself, then I need to de- to rely on God to help me with with the steps, what, uh, with each step that I took. And this, I, for me, the most difficult step was going through the 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 fourth step. It was like going through surgery with no anesthesia, going through that pain and the suffering that I had that I had endured, you know in my childhood and turned to food for comfort. That was the hardest for me. But, you know, I never went back to the food. I kept on, you know, going to God, asking God to help me deal with those problems and the issues. And uh, my life was getting better. The freedom from self-pity, jealousy, fears, hate, envy, I mean, those character defects, you know, they they were controlling me, the fears. And I'm just going to wrap it up. I know it's my time. Just practice, practice, and keep going. I don't have photogenic mind. I have to keep coming and learning and growing and healing. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. And Roz R., you will be our last share. Go ahead. Hi, this is Roz R. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Um, let me just put my timer on. What do I have? Two minutes? Yes. Yeah. That's that's fine. Um, this is Roz R. Um, from Florida. Um, grateful, recovered, um, compulsive overeater. Um, I've been in um, Chicago uh, for the last uh, five or six days, and we'll be here for another couple of weeks. And um, if it wasn't for this program and the promises, um, and being abstinent, uh, I couldn't do what I have been doing right now. Um, I'm an hour behind here, so I'm not used to getting up early, and I kind of always miss the reading, and there's a lot going on. But, you know, it says here, through our painstaking about this phase of our development, you know, we are going to know a new freedom, a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. I was a mess raising my children. I was a mess raising this daughter. I was into the food all the time. She was the one person that I really needed to make amends to. I made amends in the past. I always said I'm sorry, and I did a lot of the same behaviors, even in abstinence. But my granddaughter um, has suffered a psychotic breakdown, and I'm down here helping. She's been in the hospital for a month, and I'm down here helping. It's affected the whole family. She's home now from the hospital. Um, I am here totally for them. I would never do that before. I could never be the person that I am today. I have been able to give her a living amends, and she has confessed to that today. Um, 
that what I am doing for her, she could not be doing herself. I've been blessed. I don't know how I have this calmness. I don't know how I'm able to do what I'm doing, except for the fact that God's graced me, um, not only with abstinence and sobriety, but emotional sobriety um, and a peace and a gift of um, a gift of being willing. I work this program every day I'm here. I go to a meeting every day that I'm here. If I don't go to uh, one on the phone, I am one in person. I talk to people every day. I do the work. I'm doing the deal, as some of our people say, and I am so grateful. The only problem is I do not know if I'm going to be able to come to the convention, and I'm so sorry about that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford it. Um, It's costing me a lot to do what I'm doing now. Anyway, I'm going to let it go. Um, I'm going to find out when I get home what I can do. Um, But in the meantime, I love you guys. Um, I wouldn't have what I have today with my family and um, the gifts that this program has given me and all of you who I speak to and and have in my heart. So thank you for letting me share, and I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Razar. It is now time to close our meeting. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Allison L. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, yes, thank you for your service. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We will be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.